What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Devil's Advocates. Uh, JP is out of town today, so I will be taking over as host today. I'm joined by Jake and another member at the Devil's Advocates family, Dan Ivan. Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what the people can expect from you? What's going on guys? My name's Dan Ivan. Um, one of the members here of the Devil's Advocates podcast. I'm going to be, you know, here intermittently, but mostly I'm going to be doing a lot of the groundwork for uh, the boys here in the season, going to the games, interviewing fans and stuff like that. So I'm going to be around, going to be a ton of fan interaction. I'm super excited. And on the side, I am a NHL writer for the smaller website, uh, TWSN, the Right Way Sports Network. I've been doing it for about two years now. So super passionate about the league, but obviously at heart, it's all about the devil's baby. So That's super right. excited to be on. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for telling the people a little bit about yourself. So today we're going to keep it back in the mold of predictions, rankings, all that good stuff, all the stuff to get you through the off season. Today, we're going to do our personal top six, top six rankings across NHL. We're going to give you a top five. Um, we came up with the consensus based on some analytical numbers. And of course, obviously, Jake's Kane vibes guy. So we got to sprinkle little vibes in there. We're going to give you a top five and we are going to do some honorable mentions, which we can jump right into. Um, so we have four or five. I think we, we we got five. We got five. five. We got five, right? So we're going to do the bottom five or the teams that just missed our top fives for the season. Um, we got the Golden Knights. We got the Rangers, the Lightning, the Canes, and the Avalanche. We're going to start off at the bottom with Avalanche. I think the Avalanche are a bit of a interesting story coming into this year. Um, year removed now from the Stanley Cup victory back in 2012 when it took down the Tampa Bay Lightning. There's a, there's a lot of question marks around their top six. Um, Absolutely. You know, Miko Ren, and is he going to stay at that number one right wing spot? Dan and I were actually talking a little bit earlier before we started recording. Is he going to sl slide down to 2C? Um, Nichushkin, is he going to be on the team? And then Alanis Cog, I know he's out for the foreseeable future with that leg injury. I don't know if you guys want to jump in and give a little, give a little sprinkle. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. I think this last year was a pretty rough um, cup hangover for them. A lot of losses in that forward core and then just a lot of struggle to get through the year entirely. Obviously, I think they made a good stint in the playoffs, but this top six is a bit questionable based on the reliability of are they going to have some of their key guys in? Like, is Nchushkin going to come back? And if guys like Duran on that short-term deal are going to be good and how often are Rantanen and McKinnon going to be either on the same line or separated? Because I know Bednar is a big guy of splitting them up and only using them on the same line when he needs them in like late game situations. But otherwise, it's going to look pretty rough when if you have someone go down, and especially if Nchushkin's not coming back, if Miles Wood is going to be a top six winger, that's going to be a pretty rough go. Yeah, we saw how that went periodically. That's not the best option. Damn. Yeah, for me, it's pretty straightforward. Without Landis Gog, I don't think they really warrant much outside of an honorable mention. Uh, what's going to be a repeating process for me throughout this entire episode is I'm basically just straight up uh, comparing the top two centers for each team to the Devils and then kind of the four wingers as a whole. And I don't think it's even too much of a hot take to say that we basically clear the avalanche in every regard, I would say the closest one is you could probably say Rantanen is at least equivalent. Uh, you can maybe argue over Timo, maybe under. Uh, but I'm taking Jack over McKinnon, which is probably a hot take. And I'm definitely That's taking... Normal, but I'll, but I'll, I'll let you rock on this one. And I'm definitely <laughs> taking Nico over uh, Johansson. 
Yeah, and then there's Brat. Brat clears the rest of their wingers. Uh, Toffoli clears the rest of their wingers, and then Mercer's definitely better than their fourth best. So McKinnon, you know, McKinnon Rittenden kind of absolutely carries that top six. Yeah, and I think you know at worst Jack Timo, if you want to just go by play styles and who drives the most play, is equivalent to those two guys. For the sure, other sure. four absolutely clear. Uh, again, you throw in uh, Landis Gog back into this. We still have Brat that matches up there, and then we still have the depth of the next three that clear. So for sure, Agreed. honorable Thanks. mention for sure. But you know, especially injured, they're just not pumping out you know right. full topics comparably. That's only rich. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, only retort I would have is if you're comparing like center center, like if if it's McKinnon and Ranton, and I think they clear both our centers, but it, as top six hole, Devils just absolutely clear. Yeah, I think 100%. obviously we can get more to Devils a little bit later. That's kind of the beauty of how the the Devils roster has been constructed. The top nine is kind of fluid as a whole, and just as a caveat for the top sixes that we're kind of basing everything off of is the day of recording, which is seven twenty three daily faceoff. What they have on their site, like the team we'll get into later, they have someone in their on their third line that I think that would be bumped up, but that's neither here nor there. Um, next honorable mention, we can, we can, you know, look. should we, should we give just a full rundown of what the analytics ranks this quote unquote top 10 as? Yeah, I think that's and fair. Then, to, uh, sure. And then we'll kind of continue on with starting with the honorable mentions before we actually deep dive the top five. Sure. Yeah. That's a good point. So the site that I like to, I like to use a lot is Evolving Hockey. They do great work over there. So we went, I uh, used even strength offense, even strength defense, and then combine even strength offense and defense as, a, as an aggregate. Because, I mean, I'm sure you guys would agree with me that even strength play, as Devils fans, we know this the best because the power play is not the best, that even strength play kind of dictates how good of a team you are. So that's kind of how the NHL is nowadays. It's pretty much even strength play is king nowadays. Unless you're the Edmonton Oilers and kind of ride a hot power play all playoffs. <laughs> I also that's, think that's just fair. being that since the conversation is top six, it's just best to go with even strength because mm-hmm. exactly. that's where your top six is really actually rolling together. Where the power play too. obviously is you typically your top power play units made up of top mostly six, yeah. top six guys. Right. Uh, it's still For not sure. entirely. So yeah, this just felt like the you know least biased way that we could just say, hey, what's a what's a metric we can use that seems to encapsulate top six play uh, that takes our opinions and biases out of putting a team in or out of these uh, top ten. And, you know, then we can actually talk about what our personal thoughts and how we differentiate from what the analytics spit out. Because we could have a completely vibes top 10, and that would be completely different than all the analytics would say. But sometimes you just got to go by the book and see what the numbers really say. Yeah, that'd be a little chaotic. So the Avalanche come in at 30.8 uh, EVO plus EVD. Some of their forwards give a little bit up on defense, but I think they'll take that with what they get on the power play. The Avs come in at the bottom. The next team right above them is boys across the river, the New York Rangers. Um, I don't know. I don't know the numbers exactly, but I feel like the Rangers are one of the most power play dependent teams in the league alongside with their goaltending. I think that makes a ton of sense. I mean, yeah. you got a guy like Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider. I mean, we saw Kreider in round one living from the net with all his tip-ins on the power play. I mean, obviously Adam Fox is a factor into this, but he helps that power play tick. They give, I feel like they give a ton back on the defensive end. I mean, they feel like there's, I mean, we talked about this a little bit more on the predictions episodes. If you missed that episode, go check that out. We, we just did that about a week or so ago. Great, but, great pod. 
Great plug. Obviously, got to plug previous episodes. Before um, we dive too much into the Rangers, I just want to round out the full list for everyone so they know exactly sure, where they're coming in. So, um, so, yeah, Avalanche are at the bottom. Next up was Rangers, uh, Lightning, uh, Senators, and Golden Knights. Rounded out our honorable mentions. And then for our actual top five, at least people that we feel like are in the conversation are have a way to argue that they could have the best top six in the league. We have, starting from the bottom again, uh, surprisingly, the Leafs, then the Oilers, by the one I disagree with most, and the Panthers, then Stars, and then finally, according to analytics, no bias here, the Devils are the number one team with the best top six in the league. Trust, trust. Thank you, Jake. Um, to jump back into the Rangers, yeah, like I said, super power play. Lion. I mean, I don't think you'll find anyone that will argue that point too much. I like a lot of their players, but for how the NHL is moving nowadays, if these guys take a step back, um, take a further step back in the speed department, I think they can find themselves in a little bit of a world of hurt. Um, some of their guys are kind of on the wrong side of 30. Panarin, Kreider saw a drastic drop back in his goal scoring. Um, yeah, let me know what you what you guys think. They came in at number nine out of the top random, ten for us. Random, random thing to say here, but I feel like they give me Oilers light vibes where they have some top-end dudes, but the reality is they just have some guys that plug some holes, and although they have some elite-level talent, like you said, they're super over-reliant on the power play, and at even strength, I think we saw even in the playoffs, they got just outclassed trying to move through the neutral zone. Kind of give me like the Canes vibes too, where they need time in the zone to set up and get their offense working properly. But otherwise, like this Rangers top six, even though it has weapons, like you've got Kreider, you've got Panarin, you've got Spanichad, like there's just it, it just doesn't stick out to me that much anymore. Like they're only getting older, and if they're gonna just stick to the fact that they're gonna rely on their power play, then I don't know how it's gonna uh, go through for the full 82 game season again. Uh, again, I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Zabana Jad doesn't even clear either of our centers, so clearly Jack better, Nico better than Trocek. Uh, their wingers are essentially uh, a joke outside of even arguably their best two in Kreider and Panarin. Timo and Brat clear both of them, in my opinion, as well. Easy. I'm not even sure at this point in their careers there's even a much debate to that. And then you're talking Kako and Wheeler. Toffoli's going to clear, clear Wheeler and Mercer's going to clear Kako. So I'd say six for six here. Um, even more so, even though the Avs are ranked lower, being injured, I would still probably take the Avs top six over the Rangers. Yeah, that's one of those, like, I'm just going to trust my own intuition. I test a little Mercy, bit more. Not I'm, yeah. I'm going to take the Avs over them just because of the whole McKinnon Rantanen factor plus cups. Like, I mean, I would... I'm not even taking the the cup part doesn't really matter to me. It's more so just I think they're better and for we'll sure more. Um, yeah, again, six out of six. I'm taking Devils. So uh, honorable mention for a reason. Uh, they you know probably deserve to be up this high just for almost legacy reasons to a point, but name value yeah, is no. a big thing here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're not even going too much off of that, you know, as this yeah. ranking was purely analytics and it's projection going into the next season uh, and even just trying to go by, even if you want to call it eye test or combination of analytics eye test on them, uh, there's nothing to be worried about with them. I think, you know, they're a bit of power play merchants for sure, 
They're going to be deadly on the power play again, I'm positive. Uh, but, yeah, five-on-five five play as a top six as a whole, nothing special, arguably really not that great. One final tidbit to think about, too, is obviously they're going to be getting a new coach with LaViolette, so I don't know how that system is going to yeah. affect them, especially at five-on-five. It's probably going to be more of the same, if not similar, you know, over-reliance on a lot of older guys and just hoping that they're going to adapt to a slightly different style of play, which, again, the Rangers' window is closing and this top six is good for what it is right now, but if you're thinking about cup contention, which is what's kind of like the whole point of this in terms of building a really good top six, which is what wins you cups nowadays to an extent, um, it's, it's, it's not looking so good. Yeah, I mean, if Laf just sort of put a bow on the Rangers, if Lafreniere and Kako take the next step, then... Maybe you can get Lafreniere back into that top six where he should probably be playing and where should he, where he should have been playing this entire time. If he takes a step, Kako takes a step, you can maybe insulate the older guys a little bit and have the younger guys prop them up, but I don't know. Uh, I can't see it. I don't think so. Okay, uh, moving on. Next honorable mention is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I feel like they kind of get forgotten about a little bit. They went back-to-back -back a couple of years ago. They had those two COVID Cups, and then last year, or two seasons ago, I guess now they lost to the Avs in the Stanley Cup final, and then obviously the Knights won this year. Um, I mean, they still got a bunch of their, still got a bunch of good guys, Stamkos, Point, Kudrov has a top, top line's really good, and then you have Sorelli, they picked up Connor Sheary for the second right wing spot, and then, who was their second line left wing? It's Brandon Hagel. Brandon Hagel. I like him a lot, I like him a lot, I think that was a really good pickup a couple years ago from Chicago, but it's one of those things for me, where like, Winning cups takes its toll. You're only going to have your complimentary guys that help solidify depth for so long. And I kind of said this in my notes. I feel like they're a plug-and-play kind of team where they kind of got a couple of cheap contracts, threw it at the top six, top nine, and said, go out there and try and win me a playoff series at some point. Like, I was talking to, to DeFrank about this before. Um, Connor Sheary is just like a... He's just going to be a speedy winger that you can hope to score on his own. But again, it's super complimentary... Uh, Sorelli is an excellent two-way guy. I think like their top five is super six, but whoever's going to fill in that top six right-wing spot is just, it's a glaring hole to me. And even beyond that, it just looks rough. And I think this is just going to be one of those things where it's like, you know, winning back-to-back -back cups and having three Stanley Cup appearances is going to take its toll. And they're going to have to figure out how to retool a little bit better than just finding cheap assets to plug holes. Well, just to touch on that point, they tried to retool a little bit. I mean, they threw the kitchen, the guy you didn't even mention, they threw the kitchen sink act to acquire last year at the deadline. Tanner Janelle, they gave up like four, five, six picks, whatever it was, to get Absolutely him. Absolutely stupid. And he's not even in their top six or projected top six, according to Daily Faceoff. I mean, you probably could have done a lot better there. I think they kind of tried to turn back the clock a little bit there with the whole Goodrow and Coleman uh, trade from a couple years ago when they won their cups. I mean, I like what they have in their top six. I mean, they're... they have star power for sure. But it, once injury hits, especially as we know, Stammer's injury history and to an extent, Kutrov's injury history, that wing depth is really brutal. For sure. I think injury history will, or injuries would hit them hardest. Uh, so again, sticking with the same theme here, uh, Jack's going to, I love Braden Point. I think he's phenomenal. Yep. Uh, probably a very underrated season last year for what he did. Absolutely. Jack is still better, still Keep taking Jack. On. So, uh, yeah, Jack over point. Uh, Nico over Sorelli, for sure. So, again, we're, we're now we have the better two centers of the team, which I'm pretty sure I'm going to say for every team on this list but one. Uh, then, 
Wingers is actually where there's at least a little bit of a discussion here. I, I would say for sure you're probably taking Kucherov over both Timo and Brad. I would say Timo is debatable, but I can 100% say that I would take Kucherov over Brad for sure. For sure. Yeah. Team composition, all that stuff takes takes it back. So, however, it. whichever way you want to lean, I would say Kucherov over one of and then the other probably over Stamkos at this point, although yeah. I'd say that's pretty close. I could at least hear the argument that you would still take Stamkos over, uh, you know, between Brett and Timo. But, again, I think that's pretty close. So even if you want to go 2-2 two, two there, we then have Toffoli over Hagel and Mercer over Shiri. I don't think there's too much debate on that one. Yeah. All-encompassing, Obviously. Devil's Top 6. Again, we're still in the honor- honorable mentions, though. So it shouldn't be a surprise that on the whole, you know, we're clearing most of these teams with ease. Yeah. Uh, not much of a debate to be had. I think my quick tip for the end off it, it would be like Cooch, Meyer, Stammer, Brat. That's just me though. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I guess I'm open to the, the wing our top two wingers, their top two wingers. There's yeah. It's close ish. Yeah, then the center, but they, but the they definitely center. have the best of the four. Yes, yeah, so they have the best of the four wingers, I think, but the center center wise, I think it's, I it's mean, us. Jack and Nico yeah. kind of speak for yeah, themselves. And as a resident defense lover, they give a lot back on defense. They are actually, their top six as a whole ranks below replacement level in terms of defensive impact. So, I mean, again, power play, their power play is ridiculous. They they got all the skill in the world, so they can probably outproduce their defensive deficiencies. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think you'll find anyone too pressed by that. I mean, Tampa Bay, you have to respect what they've done. And, I mean, they're going to be a force to get in the Atlantic. It's super wide open this year. Oh, Atlantic is probably, in my opinion, the most wide open division this year, to be honest. If we are going to plan doing, if we are going to plan on a um, Atlantic preview show, I cannot wait for that. Dude, that's going to be nuts. I disagree with Atlantic being the most open, but that's not this episode. That's, again, so. not, not for this episode. That's correct. And then next on our list is going to be the Senators, who... You might be surprised to see them on this list, considering just who they lost this past offseason, Alex Debrinkit. But they have still absolutely a... brutal fucking loss for them, man. I just can't. Yeah, that whole trade is a. It's a whole. I mean, I respect. It's from, a whole ordeal. From with the Golden Knights right above them, I respect the whole like going for it. If you think you're good enough to go for it, I respect that. You gotta. You gotta. Shoot, I think with their situation, your... yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with with their situation was last year, especially with the opportunity of getting new ownership they really thought they could probably squeeze in one of those last couple spots sure they lost assets in terms of that and it goes back the other way that they didn't get the same amount back but i agree if you have that opportunity and you think it's there what are you going to do when you're still retooling you kind of have to deal with those kinks and bumps in the road so 100 percent, i agree yeah i think they kind of thought that they were the devils of last year yep when they think all right we're gonna add to bring it and our top six is going to be good enough but then obviously not to do with the top six but the goaltending defense kind of shit the bed for lack of a better word i don't know how great that defensive structure up there how i don't know how good their defensive defensive structure is up there in ottawa but for the forwards i mean it's trash i mean they got an unbelievable core i think um brady kachuk obviously headlines at all josh norris is coming back which i think is going to be a huge boost for them I'm not a fan of his contract in particular. I just think he gives way too much up on both ends of the ice. Um, but he's a great shooter. Um, Claude Giroux seems to never... Ageless wonder. He's it's incredible an... how he still manages to do what he does, especially at his age. 
super... and be efficient and still somewhat healthy to be honest yeah i mean kind of crazy he seems kind of underappreciated but he just seems to produce at such a high clip for his entire career and then um drake batherson i know there's that whole i think he's involved in the whole team canada thing um so that's a big asterisk but yeah, they have some young guys to potentially fill some holes that's a big asterisk for sure but i mean as a whole i kind of like what they can do they're one of those teams who can outperform their expected kind of outputs like they have a ton of great shooters on their team and they they have a ton of dirty workers like Brady Kachuk is a real real bastard in the corner he can give you a hard time get the puck and a guy the guy you completely forgot to Tim Stutzla I feel like he's gonna have an absolute I step again forgetting someone really Stutzla obvious. is an absolute stud I, I think like you said he's another one of those guys who actually can do a ton of dirty work compar- comparatively to like the type archetype of player he is but he's just overall makings of a somewhat of a good superstar type talent eventually but it's going to take him a little bit longer compared to some of these other guys and especially like looking at the young group around him as well i think they all complement each other really well and they're going to have a sneaky impact as long as their defense holds up which was one of the big things from last year's they could not stop like anything from going in front of their net to save their lives but they could score like there's no tomorrow yep i think as a whole just for them if they can figure that out i think they might take another step this year but sends i like their top six um jake got anything for this one uh yeah i love Brady kachuk i love stutza um the rest eh. uh but one by one jack clears tim nico clears norris i don't think there's much debate to be had there i think ottawa fans rightfully so are very high on stutza but i mean he's not jack hughes uh no. Their argument's going to be he's going to take a massive... Basically, he had a stronger earlier part of his career than Jack did, and he could have that same trajectory of taking a massive step like Jack did in his most recent season, which I think he will. I just still don't think he has the impact that Jack did at that point or what Jack's doing now. Uh, winger-wise, love Brady Kachuk, but Timo is far superior. I think the guy bridge kind of trying to mold his game after a little bit i mean it feels easy to say but it might be a little bit of a timo meyer like third area power forward two-way player brady's got a it's way like to his, go it's like his pokemon evolution brady. it's like brady kachuk and then it's timo meyer brady right. definitely plays a slightly different game for uh, sure but but i like can that. yep i can at least i can see the comparison enough uh brady if you're doing fantasy drafting i would take brady over timo in like a cats league uh so depending on your points league you know, I could see the argument, but in actual hockey, Timo definitely clears Brady. Uh, Brett over Giroux, for sure, in my opinion. And then again, uh, Toffoli and Mercer really just rounds out our top six. Yep. Where they're, That's where the real depth comes in is the you know five-six spot in that top six. But when your top guys are better than all their top guys, and then your depth guys are better than their depth guys, this is, in my opinion, another six-for-six where Sweet. levels are just better. Yep. yep. Absolutely. But honorable mentions, so nothing too juicy yet. Yep. And then rounding out the honorable mentions are the Cup Champs. Um, originally, when I was doing a little bit of research for this, I actually didn't have them on there because on paper sometimes, I kind of feel like the Golden Knights, they don't look super sexy as a whole. I mean... Wrong. Yeah, I okay. agree. I, I I had to go up to you and I was like, bro, how are we not talking about them? For like, sure. It's in- but then again, you we were looking at we were looking at the uh, 
the daily face off and I'd pull up on my screen, but it would mess up the YouTube recording. So if you're listening on Spotify, by the way, we do also cross post on YouTube if you are a person who likes the more visual representation of a podcast that you're listening to. But Brett Howden at Second Left Wing, was it, I think? Yep. I mean, I like Brett Howden. He also is kind of another one of those guys who plays for the rank who played for the Rangers a couple years ago leaves and and then thrives in a completely new system so again it might just be one of those things where like with Chandler Stevenson who I think is their 3C who he's a season 2C but he took a big step he took a big step up so if we're thinking about it like top six layout it's Barbashev left wing Eichel Marcia right wing Howden Chandler Stevenson second uh, center and Mark Stone you could probably flip depending on how injuries or success goes probably put Stevenson on that second line left wing and slot Carlson up, but sure. I think obviously you have some of the original Golden Knights who have still stuck around and been pretty reliable, surprisingly enough, especially in the system that they kind of build upon. You're one of the best two-way wingers in the game and Mark Stone as long as he's healthy. Eichel was an absolute steal for pickup for Vegas. They put all their chips in. That front office just loves to get the highest named talent and just build around and suffer the consequences later, and that's just one of those things you have to take into account when it talks about like, the team that just won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I kind of feel stupid now, now that we're talking about that about for uh, excluding them. My apologies, Golden Knights fans, if any of you are listening out there. Apologies, um, no disrespect. And then Jake, one through six, uh, how do you think they compare? So I do think Eichel's underrated somehow. Somehow he is That whole Buffalo underrated. fiasco, I think, kind of muddy the water with him and league perception. Yeah, I think it's just a drama surrounding him. Yeah. Uh, being number two to McDavid as well, yada yada. But it's always uh, Mark Stone also was like probably one of my favorite non-devils in the league for the longest time. So good. Uh, his injury uh, issues recently are very unfortunate, and I think if he was pl- never had those playing at his peak game, there's a bit more argument for how elite this top six could be. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. again, we're going one by one. Jack clears Jack. Uh, Hughes over Eichel. Oh, I like that eyebrow. What, you guys something to say about that? I kind of want to hear this. Me, what, Hughes me, over Eichel? Me, no, yeah. Andrew looked up his eye. I thought it was funny. I always said Jack over Jack. Jack over Jack? Yeah. That was really good. But you know exactly what I was saying. Yeah, exactly. Oh, of course. Uh, Nico over Stevenson, I don't think is a very hot take at all. No. Um, so here's where I would say, you know, who do you want to call their top two wingers? I would probably still include Mark Stone in that with yeah, Marshall absolutely. I would say same thing. Mm-hmm. So here I could see, I would say we at least have number one and number three of the top four. Yeah. Mark Stone that. being two in the number two spot, but I could even see arguing Timo and Brad over Stone given his injuries now. So really not knowing what he's going to look like coming into a full season here. Sure. Yeah, he was a different monster though. Yeah. Stone but, came off. But, but I could also see... Season. If you're talking peaks, and if Stone can somehow get to his peak, I would have probably Stone over both of them. Yep, I 100% agree. Yeah. So I'm hedging my bets and saying if you want to, you know, take the middle ground on those two, Stone is the second best of those three. But on the whole, our two guys combined would be better than their two guys. Yeah. And then again, uh, Toffoli is better than Barbashev. I know he just had an amazing playoffs. Um uh, I'm but, very iffy on Ivan Barbashev. But Barbashev's... Yeah. I guess probably the biggest knock on him is the contract he got. I mean, just if you completely remove contracts from the equation in total, he's not bad. You know, he's a solid solid top six guy. Uh, but I'm still I'm still taking Toffoli, I think, on For that sure. one. But 
of of the uh, number five guys in these top sixes, so up to this point, I think Barbashev is at least the closest in a conversation. If I'm yeah. if I'm remembering the number fives correctly, uh, to at least match up in a discussion with Toffoli. But yep. then Mercer heavy clears, you know, Howden. Uh, yeah. It becomes a bit closer if you you bump Carlson's uh, up and Howden down. But it's still on the whole on the aggregate. I'm taking our top six over that for sure. Yeah. Okay, and now we will move on to our top five. Again, this is based off of offensive and defensive impact. So coming in at number five, like we alluded to earlier, is the Toronto Maple Leafs, who did quite a bit of shakeup on their overall roster, and they might still have some work to do. I know they have some cap problems. They have recording. They just signed Samson off, so they got more money allocated to their books. Um, I know William Nylander's name comes up in trade discussion, I feel like, basically every other day during the regular season when he dogs it on a defensive shift. But, I mean, their top six, you can't really deny the superstar that is Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander. John Tavares. Um, John Tavares, he, I mean, I'll get to him in, the, I'll get to him in a second. Um, as far as two C's go, I mean, he's really good. And then they brought in on one-year mercenary deals. They brought in Bertuzzi and Max Domi. Um, Still slow-key, in my opinion. Sure. I kind of... I didn't, was, I'm not a huge fan of Tyler Bertuzzi. I think he's... I mean, he's great on the offensive side of the puck. Defensively, again, in my, my opinion, I don't know how great he's on the defensive side of the puck. But with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner... I mean, who better to kind of just, like, go in the corners, dig out, dig out the puck for him, do all the dirty work? That's exactly the, the mold he's built for. Right, exactly. As in, as far as, like, that trio of players, I really like that. And then their second line, I also alluded to, the, to this earlier. I don't like it at all. With Max Domi, John Tavares, and William Nylander, I think the winners gave up way too much defensively. And John Tavares is another year older. I think he's, like, 31, 32 at this point. He's 32, yep. Yeah, so I think... I mean, offensively, again, when the, when the puck's on the other side of ice, when they're on offense, like, I think they'll do fine. But, like, when they're in their own end, and then maybe, like, Morgan Riley's on the ice as well, like, they're going to get hemmed, hemmed in. And there's a lot. Again, offensively, I think this is one of... This is the fourth best group in terms of offensive impacts and how they perform on the ice. So, again, really good offensively. Defensively, they gave way too much up on the defensive end for my liking, personally. I think Tree Living did a lot of work to form this to be his type of team now that Dubas is gone. I think the the holes he filled are kind of fitting, but the second line kind of gives me a little bit of they all kind of do a bit of the same thing. Sure. I agree with you a bit that they're going to struggle defensively, but I also don't think they're going to be as much of a liability as people are going to give them to be. I mean, these guys are like takeaway monsters that love to just for Get sure, pucks. that's the one thing about Max Domi is he does do a lot. He does have a lot of takeaways, and what I think they should do. Sorry to cut you off. Is I think no Matthew, Matthew Nye should flip up to that two that second left wing spot for Max oh, Domi. Yeah, but... he's going to be killer too. I like that op option a lot for them. Right, that's. I really think about Dan this. Up, yeah, I, I think this this is an upgraded top six from the playoff run they just had. I mean, they got themselves a glimmer of hope finally making out of the, the first round, and I think the assets that they got are definitely going to be a help. They probably have, like, in terms of top four talent, obviously Tavares is a lot older now. Like, if you gave it to me, like, when he just signed with the Leafs, that was, like, the perfect icing cherry on top for this cake. But compared to the Devils, man, I mean, you could debate a bit between Matthews and Marner to an extent. Probably Matthews compared to Hughes, because 
the scoring level, but obviously the Devils still just have so much more to give on the wings. Nylander and Marner are like elite at both of their positions. Like there's zero question about it. But as an overall whole, well-roundedness, like you said, especially with the defensive impacts in mind, Devils just have that edge. Now how that's going to go in the regular season over a full length is going to be interesting to look at. Especially if this holds together, you know, with all the trade talks and everything like that. If they don't see the success that they would like, it's going to be really intriguing to see what the Leafs can accomplish this year. Uh, this is probably my hottest take of the pod. Uh, I said Jack over McKinnon, and I'm also taking Jack over Matthews. I can actually see uh, being lambasted for that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with you. Like, no, Matthews clearly is the better player. I'll be like, I can see why you're saying that, but... He's another year older, technically, arguably, coming down from his peak while still there. Uh, the guy's he's 25. Going... Matthews is, is, is no, dude, he's not going to rip. He's over wanna, the hill. If you want to get technical, he's right here. Yeah. If, he's te- if it's technical, but yeah. we've seen Jack, how it works between 25 and 27. Jack is younger and is only still on the upswing. Duh. Killer. Don't get me wrong. I think Austin Matthews is a truly, arguably, generational talent. The guy is a beyond stud. I think Jack ends up having the better career. Uh, Matthews will probably be uh, a tick maybe better uh, just on the next season. But I could see I can see Jack being better too. And if I had to put money on it, I'm taking Jack just because that's who I am. And then Nico over Tavares for sure. Yeah. Uh, at this Especially stage age in his careers. Yep. Yeah. Stage in his careers, I don't think there's any doubt. For wingers, I think Marner clears as the best winger of the Absolutely. group. Absolutely. I think uh, if I I'm think trying to go. I would say that him and Brad are kind of close, but Marner for sure. I'll take him. That high end ice talent with his vision just, and just what he yeah, can do. I just think, I I don't know. I think Marner clears Brad. I think if you were going to compare the play styles, Marner and Brad are closer than like Timo and Marner would be for oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think Marner, you know, it's close, but I, I still am. Take if I'm taking who's better, it's gonna be Marner. Uh, if I'm going just by next best winger, it's gonna be Nylander, Timo, and I'm taking Timo over Nylander. Now Nylander had an amazing season last year. Underrated. Amazing season for sure, but he kind of just feasts again. The Leafs have a stellar power play, uh, not to the extent that they. Um. They only rely on that to carry them, like yeah. a Rangers. Uh, they are absolutely a five-on-five force as well, but they score a lot on the power play. Uh, all of them benefit from that production-wise, and I think just if I had to pick a guy to throw over the boards in almost any situation, I'm taking Timo over Nylander. I think he just brings much more of a dynamic. But again, I think it's cl- I can again hear arguments on Nylander on that one. Uh, especially if you're just looking purely on a production standpoint, but I think Timo brings a lot more beyond just that. Yeah. But then you get to the five and six is where we continue to clear and is what gives us this number one spot. I, you know, analytically and personal opinion to fully clear Spatuzzi and Mercer destroys Domi. Easily. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the. So on the whole, if you say Jack and Matthews, even if, if I take any sort of bias out of it, Matthews on a slight clear. Uh, Nico will even just say slight clears Tavares. Yeah. Marner uh, clears Brett. Yeah. Uh, Timo slight clear Neilander, mm-hmm. and then um, to fully Mercer heavy clear Bertuzzi Domi. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's that five six spot is what bumps us and gives us the edge in my opinion uh, even if you want to give some of the leads the benefit of the doubt and where they would be compared to our, their top four versus our top four yeah, and then another thing to note about Matthews, I know he was dealing with a pretty gnarly wrist injury a lot last year. I know he kind of went through, by his standards, a little bit of a scoring slump. I forget if it was like towards the middle or beginning of the season. I mean, I, don't have I think it was the start to middle of the season. That sounds... He was just having a rough go, man. That's, That's where Nylander and Marner started to really like show out. That sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, once he, I mean, I'm assuming he's fully healthy at this point, so... Fully healthy Matthews, I mean, he's a year removed from scoring 60. I don't think he's going to score 60 again, but if you have to put a line on him to score, I mean, I feel like 52.5 goals is probably a pretty fair goal total for him, which is which, which kind of speaks for itself. Um, okay, that wraps up the Leafs at number five. At number four is the Edmonton McDavid's. Um, <laughs> the Edmonton... That's every time. The Edmonton Oilers obviously are heavily, heavily, heavily buoyed by the two-headed monster uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Um, they have, they got they brought in uh, Connor Brown this off season on like kind yep. of like a prove it deal. It's kind of like a one year, one million dollar with like three million dollars in incentives that could carry over into the season after. Um, Evander Kane playing top line left wing. Nugent Hopkins had a beyond career um, season last year. I think he had over 100 points. Um, I know they got rid of Kaylor Yamamoto last year, who I think slotted into that one of those that one of those top nine winner spots. Um, I mean, the Oilers are always going to be in the mix because of McDavid and Drysaddle. You can just go full nuclear and put them on the same line if you're chasing a game, and then you'll absolutely just dominate the pace of play and probably score end up scoring like four or five goals in a flash. They give up a lot on the <laughs> this top six gives up a lot on the defensive end. Not as much as the Leafs, but just about the same. Um I mean there's no denying their offensive prowess. I mean you have two of the best players in the world of our generation. Um yeah, I don't have too much more on the Oilers. Um, if you guys wanted to jump in, I don't know if you have anything else to say on them other than McDavid and Drysaddle kind of go crazy. Yeah, I mean, kind of like I said to you before the pod, I feel like Connor Brown is just another one of those classic Oilers. I'm going to grab a player. I'm going to throw them into the top six next to McDavid and hope they can become someone that becomes a beneficiary of McDavid to add to that you know, scoring depth outside of McDavid Drysaddle. I still really love Zach Hyman. I think him on the Oilers was a perfect career move for him, and it just he just fits exactly what they need. Evander Kane is still a strong guy. I mean, he's definitely getting older, and I don't know how much more he's going to be able to keep up with pace, especially with this Oilers team that somewhat relies to an extent on speed. Eugene Hopkins is going to be sick, but I don't know if he's going to be able to replicate even close to the same season he had last year. I mean, what are you going to do when you have two of the best players on the same team? But it's just one of those, like, is stacking offense so high more worth it than being reliable on both ends of the ice i think and this then, is kind of how they're built though as a whole they kind of just like know they're sick so they're like we're just going to go full throttle on offense and just kind of wheel the puck around which you know which to you should, an which extent has helped them a lot but it's it hasn't gotten them back to the western conference finals like they wanted to be they had that i mean they lost in four oh, games from that live. Line, right yeah sure. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, this is the only time I am taking both centers. I would take McDavid over Jack and Dreisaitl over Nico. Don't think that is very hot takey to say in no. the slightest. No, I'll Don't. concede. Yeah. 
even uh, the biggest of homers, I think, will <laughs> say that that is the case here. Uh, but again, uh, it's the wingers come into this conversation, and I take all of ours over theirs. Um, I would say if you want to say their best two wingers are Kane, uh, Nugent Hopkins, Timo's better than Evander Kane, clear, and Brat's better than Nugent Hopkins, full clear. Yeah, I mean, How Nugent Hopkins is Nugent Hopkins defensively compared to Brad? It's one of those things. Not, that I, I mean, Brad's underrated. I, don't, I, I know he's underrated defensively, but that's one of those things that always gets me about Nuge. I feel like people don't talk about it enough, and I could be very wrong here. So I don't think he's. Yeah. I mean, I don't, again, I don't want the numbers in front. It's not of me. stellar. He's not like a one of the best defensive forwards he's, in the league. But I think comparatively to the rest of the top six, I think he's going to be the most defensive-minded forward of all six of them. Him or, think of, but, him or yeah, so um, you're Hyman, yeah. Then that's you know, where my Hyman Brown, to you know, to fully Mercer clears. So McDavid drives in to do all the hard carrying here, but four out of six. And I think, I think McDavid Hughes is actually not that far off. I think they, they kind of gain some ground on a dry side on Nico comparison, uh, but we make up that ground and plenty more some when it comes to the four wingers. Yeah. So they both have so much gravity to the style of play that they have that they just create opportunities based on the fact that once they have the puck, everything's going on a team's basis. So if we need to get that away from them now, and then that's what opens up the opportunities for the rest of the guys. So I can see 100% what you mean. Yeah, you mentioned the... Right, so I have some on the Oilers, and you mentioned that the Jack and McDavid comparison's kind of not far off a guy on the Panthers who we're going to get to next may have had something to say in the MVP discussion this year. Matthew Kachuk kind of had an otherworldly season. I mean, everyone saw him in the playoffs last year, kind of him and Bob willing the Panthers to the Stanley Cup final. In a Still sense, a crazy run. In a they, sense. Yeah, I mean, from a Devils perspective, they might have got there. They might have been way too banged up at the end of that Hurricane series to make that competitive. But as a whole, I think I like the Panthers just – I like obviously the Devils are that they have the best top six I think in the NHL. As a personal bias, I think the Panthers have the second best because in their top line left wing spot, I absolutely adore Evan Rodriguez. Again, I keep going back to fire move, dude. I fire keep, move. He kind of fell by the wayside in terms of free agency somehow, but I again I'll, I always come back to my love for two way play. He does, that's like all over their top six he, that's why i love them so much except for sam bennett but sam bennett does a lot of other really good things that i like and wish the devils had a little bit more of but evan rodriguez drives play great his underlying metrics are outstanding his shot assists shots off the rush all that good stuff is amazing um sam reinhardt rounds up that top line with him barkoff and rodriguez the second line with sam bennett carver hagee who is one of the I think he's one of the best left winners in the game. He has maybe one of the best shots in the league. He's pretty underrated. Super sneaky, man. Super, Super sneaky. Super good on a really good contract. And then the second line right wing is... That he, he's, he plays on right wing? Second line? He could play left or right wing, but he's mostly a left winger. So then who's first line right wing? Um, so right now, basically looking at daily faceoff, it's Rodriguez, Barkov, Reinhardt, and then Verhege, Bennett, Kachuk. That's right. Okay, yeah. So I kind of had it all jumbled up there, but... And Verhege can play any of the top, the, the, any of the forward positions, which right, is pretty... Right, I think they're kind of like, they kind of have a big Devils-esque top six as well. Make, kind of top nine with Anton Lundell. They have a guy who can move around the top nine really well, but 
I mean, analytically, they have they're great on defense as far as forwards can go on defense. They don't really give much up on the defensive end. They're another one of those teams who kind of finish over expect that they have really good shooters in type. Carter Verhage, Sam Bennett shoots the puck a lot. Super gritty, super heavy team. Kachuk too. Kachuk too, who will get in your face, score a bunch of goals, nasty on the power play. They just do everything, and that's what's really good about this top it, six, to be honest, if we want to like put a stamp on what the main theme of this is. Right. My personal two, analytically, third best, but if you guys want to make a couple points. No, yeah, so I think uh, you know most people would compare Barkov to Nico stylistically. But Barkov's their you know high end, their most high end center. So I will compare him to Jack. Jack clears. Nico over Sam Bennett, not even a discussion. Nope. nope. Matty Kachuk is the clear best winger here. Thinks that's the league personally. Uh, I mean, I would have him three. McDavid, Jack, Kachuk. Uh, Kachuk proved then, a lot of people wrong this year. Kachuk's probably the closest for our wingers would be Timo, and. Yeah, I said it actually. Uh, my morning episode today was about Timo doing a deep dive on you know him as a hockey player and all that. Uh, and I still said there, Kachuk was the best power forward. Timo number two. Uh, but Brat, if their second best winger is Rodriguez, Brat clears. Yep. And then again, you got uh, probably Reinhardt or Hagee compared to Defoley Mercer. Uh, it's actually pretty close, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I'm very, you know, Reinhardt for Hagee is very strong. They have a very good, uh, you know, five six there. It's honestly what you Most value in take terms of team and mercy. Yeah, I agree. So number two, my personal two, they come in at number three overall for going by offensive defensive impacts. Number two is actually the Dallas Stars, who have, I think, for my money, I think they have the best first line in hockey with Jason Robertson. Robe Hans and Joe Pavelski, who, again, much like Claude Giroux, doesn't really seem to age, and he just kind of seems to, he just kind of seems to be getting better. I mean, if you want to talk about not giving up anything on defense, that line is stellar. Jason Robertson's one of the best two-way forwards in the game. Robe Hans as well. Um, their second line kind of feels a little weird. It kind of feels interchangeable with. Falls off a bit, to be honest. Right. For sure. I mean, First line. First line carries hard, although I don't think they'll be. They were the best line in hockey last season. They won't be. Absolutely. Sure. I think if you want to say Joe Pavelski falls off a little bit, finally this year, I think he's like 38, 39 at this point. Um, that's fair to say, but I alluded to him a little bit earlier with someone who's not in the top nine, according to Daily Faceoff, who I think will slide in. Matthew Shane uh, might be pickup with the summer, coming in one year, three mil after his bio with Nashville. Um, their second line, I think, is Jamie Ben, Wyatt Johnston, who I'm super high on, and then who I think is going to slot into the three right wing spot is Evgeny Dodonov, who actually meshed pretty well with that pair in the playoffs. Oh, the perfect role for what he had to do there. Yeah, he's kind of like you know he's like the hired gun kind of say he's a sniper. Um, I think Matt Right, I think Matthew Shea might be a little bit of a better fit with those two. He can get the puck to Johnston and Ben down low in tight, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, like Jake alluded to, the top line does a lot of the carrying here for them, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. This is just purely off pop, purely off of metrics. Um, that top line, I think, like I said, for my money is maybe the best in the league. Yeah, I love the... I think they're all underrated defensively too. Like you said, you have... Uh, Robo, who's 
sneakily one of the best UA forwards. Same thing with Rupe Hintz. Pavelski seems to always transform his game the older he gets, especially at 39 years old. He just puts himself in the right spots. Still a sneaky playmaker. He's going to find guys in good positions. And then that second line is honestly kind of like a pick and choose who you really want there between Ben, Johnson, Dodonov, and if you even if you want to go into that third line, Mason Markman, Tyler Sagan, and Matt Duchesne. All of them are going to be super versatile, I think, in terms of well-rounded. I think Dallas is, in my opinion, the mo- one of the most well-rounded teams in the league. I like their roster construction a lot. They're one of my cup picks this year, I think. Yeah, they were they they were mine for sure. I really liked what they did. I, I like how their team is constructed, and honestly, that just the Devils just have a bit more, especially at a younger age. Even though they have a nice hybrid of youth and age and experience, but the Devils just have it there, especially right now when we're poised for it. Jack over Hints, Nico over Johnston, Robertson over Timo, uh, Brat over Pavelski. Yep. Yeah. Tafoli Mercer over Ben Dadanov. If you were to swap in Duchesne for Dadanov, you still take Duchesne over, I guess that'd be Mercer in this instance? I would also. Uh, no, it'd probably be Duchesne Tafoli is the next comparable. Sure. Uh, probably. Yeah. It's probably comparable. Sure. Um, hard to say, uh, for both guys, it's going to be new player on a new team and a new system first year. And I think you always need to factor that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, even if I wanted to, let's say, uh, just for the sake of argument, say Duchesne over to Foley, Mm -hmm. we still take four out of six. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the, and again, there wasn't, I mean, actually I was going to say there wasn't much to separate the two teams, but going off of offensive defensive impact five on five impacts as a whole instead of taking power play to effect the devils have a nine point advantage on the second place so yeah obviously no surprise devils coming in at number one um even we kind of just want to quickly go from like five four three two one the evo plus evd real quick just to kind of show the scaling sure yeah i can that's a good point actually i can do that really quickly so five was leaves at 40 and again this is even strength offensive impacts and defensive, even strength defensive impacts, and then combined as a whole as an aggregate. Leafs came in at five at 43.1. The Oilers came in at four with 45.8. Panthers, there was a bit of a jump here at 57.4. Stars, not much higher at 57.8. And then New Jersey coming in at 65.7. It's still crazy how much we So essentially... Essentially, we clear number one by a lot, then two, three are kind of close, and then four, five, and then drops off again from there. Right. Yeah. But, the yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Dan. No, I, I just kind of to bring on the Devils. Obviously, I think Tofoli is probably the best pickup of the summer of any team. I think he on his own did a it's lot and showed on a like cost of acquisition. Absolutely. Yeah. Seriously, like I think he showed a lot of what he still has to give in the tank on an absolutely terrible Calgary team is going to be in a much better role for himself this year as being kind of like a complimentary guy that can still score someone on his own. Has a wicked shot. He's going to be a perfect fit for what we need. Um, I think we have probably the most flexible top six, even top nine in the entire league, especially between age, size, skill, and, you know, ability to move through positions. Um, and I think we have, even if you want to account for McDavid and Dreisaitl, I think we have the, the best playmaking of any top six in the entire NHL. Just with how... Magnetic Jack is with the puck and ability to just find seams that don't exist. Brat's super sneaky. Nico is just an all-around great player, and I think 
we saw in the playoffs how much how important he was when it came to that and then Timo and just his physicality and ability to find guys off the wing is super is super great and then Mercer is just going to be everywhere to is just a shooter in that in that top six yeah um Finally, sort of closing comments. I know you said Panthers were your number two, mm-hmm. even if they're number three. Yep. My number two is probably the Leafs, uh, but that is completely contingent on Nylander being here That's for the season, which absolutely. is not, not looking like it's going to be the case. And I think if Nylander's out, there's one, they're going to lose the trade. You're, you're giving up the better player. They're not going to get a Nylander back in it. So I think they fall off pretty heavy, depending on what that return actually is. I don't know if they'll get a, a Tkachuk type return where you're getting a Huberdo-esque player back. I just don't know if there's anyone in the league that's looking to do that. But especially who knows? In the flat cap world. Yeah, who knows? But maybe. But yeah, they lose Nylander. I, I think probably very much drop out of that number two spot for me. But with him, between him, Matthews, and Martyr, I think those three are just unreal studs. Yeah, and heavy carry the other three. Uh, but they still end up at my number two. Uh, if I had to give any sort of honorable mention for any team that did not make this list, it's going to be Buffalo. I looked, the, club, I, looked, sure. I looked at them really quickly. Um, yeah, electric, absolute but electric. We'll say it, it does require some of their young guys to take some big steps, uh, their older guys to not fall off too much. But I think they could. I mean, they're going to be electric no matter what. Are they going to be in the top, you know, top six conversation here? Maybe I could see it if uh, if everything falls right for yeah. them. But yeah, no, they would be my honorable mention of a team that didn't make it here. But that's really about it. I mean, we went team by team, and I told you what I thought for how the Devils matched up and why I think we clear all these teams. Analytics agrees we easy clear. Uh, yeah, uh, Devils, uh, bar none, top, best top six NHL, best top nine. And uh, if we keep Mikey around too, best top 12. Yeah, I think as a whole, Devils kind of have the best one through 12, I think, in the league. Um, Dan, do you have anyone that you would put it to over Dallas? Would you go against analytics at all? No, I, I I love Dallas. So for me, my top five would be Devils, Dallas, Oilers, Panthers, Leafs. That's my, that would be my top five. And then any honorable mentions that we didn't really take out, it all depends on if he actually decides to retire or not. I think Boston is still somewhat hard to, you know, take out because Bergeron is still one of the most, best two-way players in the league. Marchand still has something to give. Pasta's unreal. I don't know what their tweaks really add with DeBrusque, you know, hopefully taking another step. Saka, Coyle, or Matt, James Van Dreams, like, I don't know why they did it, but I still think it's one of those things to, like, try and extend a window. But it really all depends on if uh, DeBrusque and, uh, not DeBrusque, Krejci and uh, Bergeron come back. That's just another one of those, like, left out. But in their current status, absolutely not. No, I don't think so. I don't think I have Boston um, currently anywhere close to maybe even my top half. I think there's I mean, right now, trash. Pavel Zaka is one of your top six uh, centers. That's not gonna... That's a big blaring issue. That's not going to go well. Um, yeah, I think yeah, uh, that kind of covers it for me, boys. Yeah, I, agree. I, I don't have anything else to cover. Um, again, thanks, Dan, for jumping in today, taking over Absolutely. for uh, JP, or Dan and I taking over for JP and BP. Great having you guys on. Make sure to give a follow to the Instagram, all the tags over here. Make sure you give us a follow on all these sites. We're doing, looking to up the content a little bit any way we can. Make sure you give us a follow, turn notifications on, all that good stuff. And we'll be back with another episode on Wednesday. See you later, guys.